Welcome, welcome, welcome to Jay's Corner. It's your boy Jay here. Happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody. Sorry I've been back in the way for a little bit of a while. Just been working and taking care of some things, you know, how life goes. All right, you guys. So today I'm going to talk to you guys about a few things um, specifically involving the NBA. Um, first thing I want to talk to you guys about is some of the rash fan interactions with NBA players. And I really want to take a moment to talk about the disrespect and some of the issues that may be coming to a head in the NBA. So this past week, there were two games in the NBA, one involving the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden, and another game involving the Washington Wizards and the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia. Now, New York and Philadelphia, two places that have are known for their crazy fans, but also they're passionate fans. Um, and one thing I will say about the word crazy, sometimes we think of it in a ne- very negative sense, but the word crazy isn't that much different from genius, um, philosopher, or even in the sense of uh, phenomenon, you know. But th- we're going to use crazy for this one. Uh, <clears throat> so one thing that happened at the Knicks game, and I- I'll start there because I think both of these are in two different contexts, but I do want to start with the Knicks game. So it was an NBA player, Trey Young, and the Knicks actually won this game. Um, that the, right now they're actually down in the series, three games to one. Um, and just, you know, before I even get into the, this fan, let me just shout out the Knicks, man. I've lived in this earth for more, almost more, a little bit more than 31 years. And one thing I will say is, I've never been a fan of the Knicks, but I like their jerseys now. Um, I like the talent they have, and I think that the players they have have always been respectable. And I think right now they're building, they're putting together at least some good basketball in New York. Um, even though it is professional, and we all know about professional sports, but I will just say that it's it's good basketball to watch. I mean, even watching this game, I was like, oh, this is a really good game. And it was the second. It was their um, it was a game two because they had home court. So, you know, second game, they lost the first one. So the fans are a little bit on edge. But so they essentially they need to win this game. But they they won the game by 15 points. But somewhere in the midst of the game, a fan actually spat on Trey Young. Now, Trey Young, he's the star player of the Atlanta Hawks. But he's been playing there for about, I want to say, three or four seasons. Um, before that, he played in college, great kid at Oklahoma. Um, but, you know, He's been a really good player, and, you know, his game itself is pretty electrifying, and this is the first time I want to say the Hawks have been in the playoffs with him, but and they, they're probably going to win this series as well. So, you know, definitely shout-out Trey Young, shout-out to the Hawks, because um, especially with the Hawks are doing, they, they're really putting together a really solid team. Um, I don't know if they can do too much against the winner of Philadelphia-Washington, but um, definitely it's going to be an interesting matchup. But anyway, someone spat on Trey Young. Now, one thing I will say is, in this case, um, I don't know what's the rhyme or reason. I mean, it could have been just this fan because I didn't. I saw the edited video. I didn't see the whole fan, even though it's clear it was white. Uh, but I didn't see the whole interaction with it. But I just, I think that you know, anytime you spit on someone, that's that's pretty pretty disrespectful. Um, no matter what the instance, you know, I think you know it doesn't really warrant much. But then. More importantly, I don't think you should be spitting on people. That's that's pretty foul. Um, but especially uh, NBA player, a black NBA player, that I think 
just even if he wasn't an NBA player, just as a, a black person, an athlete, I think the racial aspect of that just shouldn't really be the case there. But what I will talk about is I'm not going to focus so much on the racial and the disrespect interaction because I just want to say shout out to Trey Young for not being in the news right now. Um, I, just another situation where a white man is trying to provoke you. But I do think that in this instance, we need to talk about interaction coming back into COVID. Uh, the first thing that really jumped out to me was this is one of the first games where the Knicks actually had more than like 2,000 people at a game. So if you're not aware, they are allowing fans back at most major sporting events. Um, even concerts are back opening. And, and right now, at most major sporting events, it's about 50%. But expect over some time in the summer, especially by the time we get to the fall, everything be back to normal in a sense. Uh, but I will say that this this time, you know, there's a lot of fans in New York, and Knicks fans are pretty excited. And I know the ticks in the Knicks games aren't the cheapest. So, you know, some of these fans have either pretty good connections or they, they are just diehard fans and they just like to spend that bag for their team to lose. But um, there needs to be a protocol for fans, players, and especially just, I think, reopening, like, even stadium personnel. We, they need better training because the fact that this is what a fan does after they haven't interacted with players in such a long time just fails more to come you know I, I don't want to I hope there's no more like fighting between players and fans even though a lot of fans need their ass whoops like I mean and I'm gonna jump into my second topic with that same being said but a lot of fans do need their ass whoops a lot of fans you know they go to these games look at these athletes and, and you know the thing about a fa- fan is you're a fanatic you know so even me as a, a a lover of sports or a person that likes to watch them I don't like to call myself a fan too much just because you know, I may like a certain team, but I don't really get too fanatical with it, um, especially with the, the racial dynamics. And I think even with the, the human humanity dynamics of it, if you really look at the history of sports, a lot of these really come down to war tactics on a smaller scale. But now we have tools that we use to play these sports, whether it's a mall, uh, a piece of equipment, you know, you name it, or even just like a, a, a type of specific type of field or, or, or surface you play on. So, you know, sports are are very much changing. Now we even have eSports. So, you know, I, I don't even think, like, physical sports are going to be the wave in about 50, 100 years. It's gonna, probably going to be virtual reality. You know, let's, let's just keep on it. But I will say that when it comes to interaction with fans, fans must understand that these athletes, you know, regardless of what you think about them, they have paved the way there. You know, they've worked physically hard to get there. I mean, the, the, the training... They have to put between their body and, I mean, just the mental focus that athletes have to take on. I think sometimes it's discredited because they are so physical. And I think the stereotypical jocks are being, uh, we, we look at them as not the, the smartest. I think sometimes that, that hurts us because a lot of the athletes are physically gifted, you know. But more importantly, they've trained to be there, you know. You ask professional athletes, or even I'm professional athletes, there's a lot of athletes that don't go professional that are gifted. But when you ask any athlete, you know, what's the one thing that keeps them there is it's the love of the game, the dedication, but more importantly, it's the grit, the ability to continue to hit the gym, to continue to go, even when you don't want to, continue to stay a part of it, continue to study up, even when you don't want to. So with all that being said, 
I, I do feel like fans need to ask what when it comes to the disrespect with these plays. Now, you can be a lover or hater of the game. You can tell yourself, all right, I don't like that team. Hey, I might even cuss when I'm talking about this team. I might even say some pretty wild things at the stadium when I'm saying about this team. I, I personally don't like to go to those levels, but athletes – and I think stadiums, when it comes to competition, understand a little level of, uh, what do you call it, insanity? It comes with those fanatic fans. I mean, if you look across the history of sports, the best teams have had the best fans. You know, that's why Cowboys fans still think they, they got a shot every year because they've had historically had some of the best fans. You know, now, but now we get into a realm of, you know, what have you done for me lately with them? But same with the Knicks. You know, I think the Knicks, they have a hoopla of, of being in the Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, you know. And the orange and blue looks pretty good, if you ask me, from a basketball sense. I mean, can't get better than Knickerbocker, right? You know? But anyway, I, I, I will say that when it comes to fans, fans have to have a level of respect for the athlete, too. And I know this is not all fans because the ultimate thing about most fans, they love the game just as much as the athletes do, sometimes even more. You know, a lot of times even more. But we also have to respect those that can actually do it. When you're talking about professional athletes, the key is to every professional athlete, they all are professionals. They all are able to compete at any type of level. Now, you get into politics, that may alter the way in which an athlete may play or even the type of career they'll have in that prospective sport. You know, But the one thing is we can't disrespect these athletes. Because for one, you see them on the streets, you probably wouldn't be talking all that. You probably wouldn't even be doing that type of thing. And I think that's the more sense of it because it we, we forget that the ability to see not even just athletes, but musicians, artists, anybody doing their craft live, that's an honor. And we have to cherish that. Now, we have to also have a great experience too, because I know you're paying it. 20,000, for these floor seats, you know what I'm saying? You know, especially during COVID, it might be half a quarter million. You know, depending on the type of game, you're playing for these type of level seats, so you feel entitled to that. You're fair to have that. But I think that we also need to understand what comes with that fairness, but more importantly, when it comes to actions, we'll come back with that. The fact that a fan can spit on a player and, and not be arrested, not lose their job, not even not even be punished socially. Let's say, I hate to say it, even with social media. That, that's a problem because that player now has to deal with that. You know, and I, I shout out to Trey Young because he's been cooking the shit out of the Knicks since then. Listen, they just won the day. I'm like, oh, he, he, he said he's going back to the A, come down here. And now, unfortunately, the players of the Knicks got to deal with this shit. I hate to say D. Rose, R.J. Barrett. I mean, just shout out Julius Randle having a hell of a year. Even uh, Kevin Bullock, yeah, it was a nice game too. Like, shout out to them because they got to deal with the bullshit. Because I'm sure they're not the ones spitting on the fans. But at the same time, they understand why this is happening. But it's just unfortunately another tale where, I hate to say it, race coming to play. Because you know the guy white. You know the player black. Even if I ain't tell you about the interaction, the fact that a, a player got spat on by a fan, you already knew that wasn't no, no black person. Shoot, if that was a black person, they would have tried to arrest him. Shoot, the fan would have probably knocked him out. 
I mean, the player would have knocked him out just just because he got the, the opportunity. And they, the player had been not suspended. <laughs> the fan would have still been banned. But because it's a white guy, he might even have an opportunity to come back to another NBA game. Not even just Knicks game. Just he might have a, the opportunity to go back to another Knicks game. And this player now has to continue to deal with that. So, and, and segue into that, I want to talk about the Russell Westbrook incident. Because that one was a little bit weirder, but also more common. Um, long story short, the Wizards were losing to the Philadelphia 76ers, who Embiid's having a hell of a year. Um, Simmons still doesn't have a jump shot, but, I mean, I think he's he's so creative of his game now where he's not at the three-point line just waiting for the ball. He, he's driving or, or, or anticipating um, boards or, you know, whatever it is to, to, to help the team better. And Doc Rivers, too. You know I mean, just, just a black coach doing his thing in the league and continue to do his thing in the league for, like, 20 years. You know, I think that, that we need to remember, like, those type of people, even like Obama. Listen, we might not like their, all their actions, especially I'm talking to black people right now. Like, we might not always appreciate what they're doing or, or see what they're doing, but it's needed. Representation is important. And I think that's why other races, you know, gravitate to those type of people because representation is important. Just because they don't like your dark ass, I mean, they don't like none of our dark asses. So we just got to understand that that representation is important, and it's coming. It's coming. Just just relax. Just wait. But I do feel like for the West, Russell Westbrook incident, um, he's leaving the court. And, you know, he's a, he always gets into it with fans, this and that. But as he's walking through the tunnel, this fan th- decided to throw popcorn at him, which, I mean, is a very typical reaction from fans. You know, that's a very typical reaction. but um, I think the the fan got kicked out, you know, got banned, and and what, what I've been hearing is these fans get banned for life, which is a pretty arbitrary thing if you ask me. But also at the same time, it, it's like indefinitely, you know, it's like yeah, it happens, but whenever you want them to come back, cool. But hopefully these fans get don't aren't allowed back into the game because ultimately it just makes it bad as we reopen things, especially if this is the re- interaction we have between professional athletes and fans who are typically white we need to talk about that and more importantly we need to we not we but people need to cool it we, we don't want to continue to have these typical american things because right now if you haven't been paying attention to the news you haven't been looking around what's going on in the world shit just go outside it's a lot a lot of wild shit going on so the last thing we really need to get in the way of this is racism or more importantly bigotry or more importantly, privilege. Because that's what it all comes back to is privilege. We have to understand that like, in certain instances, we ain't going to always have the upper hand. And more importantly, that's okay. We have to be content with where we are as people. And more importantly, we have to be secure with who we are as people. A lot of these fans that do these things to athletes only do it because they wish they was there. Just the same way cops who wish they were in the military or wish they were generals. And same thing with military officers who never get ranking. They only do these things because they don't get what they want. And that's a sense of right of privilege. The fact that we have the ability to talk about this and to think and we're actually wonder, well, I should have got this, I should have got that. That's privilege. You know, there's people in places that are in positions and places because they have to. And sometimes we have to really remember that individually as a, as a whole. Um, but more importantly, going back to fans, like we have to understand that too, because as a fan, you can't physically do what that what that person does, woman or man, you know. And you have to be able to uh, 
be okay with that. But more importantly, you getting paid, you paying all this money to come to the place. Because the, now all this money goes straight to this place, come to this stadium, eat this popcorn, spew your germs, drink your beer, drink your whatever you got in your cup, drink it in your cup, and then yell obscenities at these players as they run up and down the court and sweat and and make highlights so people can cheer them on or boo them off just so they can get a game check. Now, you're not even factoring in the ice machines or all the ice baths or or, or the massages or just the TLC. They got to get after the game just to be able to play the next game. But you got the nerve to spend on them? Nah, sir. You need the shit slapped out you. And that's just on God. Because I think we have to understand that, like, these athletes have families, have peers that are watching these games. So the the, the and, and more importantly, when we come back to the spit part, I mean, because that spit is vile. I mean, popcorn is one thing because you're getting popcorn thrown on. Because listen, there's been food fights and many awards started because somebody threw that orange peel. But listen, it, it ain't that deep. But you spit on somebody, man. I had a friend one time. Was hating, and I, I was livid. Spat inside my new car. I mean, inside the new car. Now, I ain't get a charge. I did my best Trey Young impression, but guess what? We ain't friends no more, and that's what happened with Trey Young. But more importantly, Westbrook, he is too talented to for fans to treat them like that. And I think when we come to perception, when we come back to the idea of players being bums or being not living up to what they're supposed to have been done, like a Kwame Brown, you know, we got to understand that these players all have their own secular lives. And this NBA, what, what we as fans see as these rankings only matter to the player or to the fan. So we might look at a Jordan, a Kobe, a LeBron as, yeah, those were the top players. They're the greatest of all time. Yeah, to either Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, or or a, a fan of that. But other than that, nobody give a fuck. And we got to understand it. like, when we criticize these athletes or call them this and that, that's just for us. That's for us to get our rocks off and, and get the game and, and go roo roo rah rah. At the games, whether or not, they don't really care. And let's segue into Kwame Brown. Because my my brother, my brother Kwame, my brother Kwame has been going unleashing a vicious but necessary attack right now on a lot of channels. Now, one thing I will say is Kwame Brown, he was the number one draft pick of the Washington Wizards in 2001. As a Die Wizards fan, right, yeah, as a Die Hard Wizards fan, I love the team. I love the colors. I love the way they embrace the city. Not always proud of those decisions, and I truly don't think we're going to win the championship in, in a while. But, you know, always keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. You know. But I will say, when Kwame Brown was drafted, I had a different stance on things. So, when I was younger, when I first saw Kwame Brown as a Wizards fan, I always wondered and really thought of him as a bust. I mean, he was number one pick. He was like 6'10", 6'11", but I felt like he was flat-footed 
and he never really hustled hard. You know, and anyway, this is as a kid watching the Wizards, and and I forgot that Michael Jordan drafted him. So I'm thinking like, well, you playing with Michael Jordan, you got to be the greatest. You know, you got to play tougher. You got to play up to his level because you know why wouldn't you? We all can. You know, this is a teenage view of things. So um, I think fast forward to once he you know got retired and everything, I realized that the term bum, you know, when it comes to sports. It's really a fan term. And even like terms like clutch, uh, which I mean clutches here and there. But we especially the term bum and bust and things like that, all that is for the media and really labels. Um, but re- when you look at how players develop, especially professional athletes and how they are ranked, a lot of it comes from the way ESPN, the analysts, you know, kind of depict them. And one thing Kwame Brown's been doing now, I mean, he's he has always been the butt of a joke. If you're not a, a basketball fan, um, he's always been the butt of jokes when it comes to rankings. I mean, people have compared him to some of the worst players of all time, have compared him to, like, essentially being worthless, not even worthy of a check, according to uh, Skip Bayless. And, you know, I basically have demeaned this man, this black man, big black man. You know, he's 6'10", 6'11", had cornrows, the dark. You know what I'm saying? From the South, from South Carolina, came straight out of high school. You know, and in 2001, you know, that was a very, and this is before 9 11, let's get it right. So, this is the 2001 draft before 9 11. You know, there's a lot of questions as to whether players should come straight from high school to go pro. You know, um, Michael Jordan didn't, uh, Kobe did, and LeBron did, you know. But really after, like, you know, I want to say 05, 06, they really stopped that, and kids now have to go, you know, overseas or play at least professionally one year before they come, you know, to the NBA. So instead of coming straight from high school, they have to go here. So Corey Brown, you know, he was one of the rare sessions going straight from high school, um, you know, big center. So he's supposed to be really good. Now, his draft overall wasn't the best. I mean – as far as ranking goes, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can rank them, but the top three players that year was him, Powell Gasol, who some people would probably say to arguably the, the best statistical player in the draft. And I think he was either um, Tyson Chandler or um, Tristan Thomas. Somebody, somebody. No, it wasn't Tristan Thomas. I think it was Tyson Chandler. Or, um, any, anyway, um, no, I think it was Tromile Swift. Tromile Swift. So it was essentially not a lot of, like, big names, as you call it, this year anyway. But, Paul, that's beside the point. Kwame Brown has now, 20 years later since he's been drafted, he has gone on rants on YouTube about not only um, uh, 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 Matt Bonds and Stephen A. Jackson and, and some of the uh, media personalities like Stephen A. Smith, uh, Chris Bouchard. He's also questioned a lot about the way, why his career went the way it went. And I'm going to just touch on a few points. One, he talked a lot about his draft being one of the last drafts where there was a lot of high school players coming out. I think LeBron later on came out, but after that, you know, it wasn't that many. And essentially saying that his success and the players of that draft dictated the success of other future high school players who would be going straight from high school to the pros and not going to these major colleges. And, you know... One thing I will say, I, I, I went to a major college. I've seen the recruitment process. 
And more importantly, I've seen the way they treat athletes. Not all, but, you know, they treat them more like athletes than humans. You know, they don't give them a lot of leadership outside of athletics, a lot of, like, prosperities outside of athletics, and guidance really outside of athletics. So everything is athletic, athletic, athletic. Compared to if you have a player coming out of high school, even if it is with a, a skatey, uh, sketchy coach and agent, because, you know, a lot of these athletes have a lot of shit to worry about, even besides being on the court. You know, they're trying to get break generational curses with these contracts. They're trying to get their mama a house. They're trying to put their family in better positions, sometimes too too much to a fault. And, and, but one thing I will say is shout out Kwame Brown because he, he spoke up on that. And in the midst of his rants, because listen, if you haven't seen him, check it out. Because one thing I can say is I study history, and history is somewhere, in, the truth is somewhere in the middle. So you might not think Kwame Brown was, wasn't a bust, but I tell you one thing: some of the things he's saying on there, he he's speaking he's speaking to the institution of the National Basketball Association, but more importantly, the institutions that behold that continue to keep black men in check. And a lot of stuff he's speaking up about, even as he attacks like Stephen A. Smith and Charlamagne and God, who who man, I, shout out Kwame Brown just for really speaking out about Charlamagne and God because. I will say there's been things even as, as a black man that I didn't realize some people are doing because they're in positions. And I think we all have a responsibility. You know, I I'm not even saying in the sense of because you're getting paid this much money. No, just as a person, we all have this responsibility to make sure that what we do doesn't affect someone that looks like us negatively in the future. And I, every day, you know, I go to work, I make sure that like, I carry myself with a certain type of honor. And, and even, even if I don't go to work, I go outside, I carry myself with a certain type of honor because I don't want someone to look at me as just another, this type of person. And they look at someone else that looks similar to me like that, you know? So, so I think we all have that respect and honor. And, you know, it's an inherent responsibility. It's not fair, but it is what it is right now. And I think we have to put bygones, let bygones be bygones to, to understand that. And, what that will say is, I'm not for exposing. I'm not, I'm not, I've never been for black people exposing black people in public. And, and sometimes when you get into these YouTube beefs, that's what it really is: it's a bunch of grown men arguing, or a bunch of grown people arguing. And a lot of times they they black and brown people. You know, we might get the the corny white motherfucker or the or the the, the clueless white motherfucker to, to 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 put them out there, and and we do they jackal and hide dances. But for the most part, it's black and brown people, and I do get tired of that. But the one time I do love it is when we exposing coons. And man, there's a commercial in the DC area about the uh the coons. Uh, uh you know, you can get your, your best cars there, get good rates, you know, check them out. But the coons I'm talking about is a metaphor. And I'm not gonna go too far in it because I do understand the derogatory term, and I apologize to anybody that you know is listening to this and it feels like this term may be negative, but understand that this term has also perpetuated positive stereotypes in our, in our community. And, and one thing that Kwame Brown talked a lot about was Stephen A. Smith, a man who was an athlete in college, but then turned into a commentator. But his rise coincided with demeaning black men. And, and one thing I will tell you guys is 
one of the reasons why I didn't I don't didn't go mainstream with my journalism is because some things as I was growing up just didn't feel right. You know, but more importantly, when you really care about something, you have a passion for it, you know, you understand that everything ain't gonna be peachy cream, but there's also a level of what you will and will will won't do. And just personally for me, I couldn't be a sports journalist because I felt like I was going to look down on these men because of my agency or because of this story or because of this news story. And more importantly, I wouldn't have the same type of connections that I thought I would initially coming in with because of my background. But I also didn't want that to be used against me in the sense of better ratings, better stories for a multimedia billion trillion dollar company that probably is going to pay me cents on a dollar for what the content I'm getting. And now let's get to Stephen A. Smith. Because one thing I can say is, you know, he has some funny rants. Um, very, very smart, smart brother. You know what I'm saying? And, and when we critique people, you know, just because we critiquing them, I think, you know, I might call him this and that. I still support the brother. But I, I do think that he's cooned a little bit too much. I think he's cooned a little bit too much for the very, the ratings, the votes. And I'm not going to go into detail about people that I met that's well-connected with them, but I will tell you guys this. They definitely have a certain perception they want for, for black men in these industries. They want a certain look, a certain saying, a certain way, a certain style. But that style, you know, is, is going to probably come with a little bit of a, you know, a question of, well, let me take my glasses off. <laughs> is, is, is that a stereotype? You know, so so we really have to see, like, you know, what they make people, like, well, they make certain people, regardless of they're black, white, Latin, Asian, Pacific Islander, whatever. They do this to people in certain positions because they know they can. But we also have an inherent natural right as humans to not do what they want us to do. And so the only reason why I call some people coons, and and coon, I will say, is is a term that probably not the best, to be honest with you, but sometimes if it quack like a duck, it look like a duck, it's a fucking duck. And we have to call this shit out because for the betterment of ourselves and more importantly for the betterment of our future, we have to stop this shit. And a lot of what Kwame Brown was saying was, why do we continue to let people like Stephen A. Smith, Charlemagne the God, other prominent black men get successful off demeaning black men? Because it's it's a it's the same rinse and repeat we see in other industries, whether it's the entertainment, finance, um, business, housing, you know, you name it. There's discrimination across the board. For, for black men, you know, whether it's discreet or indiscreet, there's discrimination. And as a black man, I will tell you guys this, it happens. But it, happen, it doesn't just happen to black men. It happens to all men. It happens to all women. It happens to all genders, all origins, all cultures. It just depends on the time. Right now, when it comes to sports, as much as we have the predominant of black men in sports, a lot of them are being exploited, are being physically 
either or mentally abused in some realm, not necessarily in the sense because they, they're making millions, because we always think that money solves everything, right? But they they also have their own traumas they're trying to deal with. And, and one thing I would say is when you think about Kwame Brown, you know, he didn't have the best upbringing because some star athletes, you know, have great upbringings. Like, like that's not being, I'm not even trying to be funny, but like Steph Curry, if you ask most people out here, they would love to have what he did, what he had growing up. They would love it. Men or women. Women or men. You know? But a player like LeBron, a player like uh, uh, maybe Jordan, his upbringing is okay. You know, but but you got to understand that, like, some of these athletes are really coming from nothing. And they have, this is their only shot. And that's why I always respect the fuck out of LeBron, because no matter much how, how much people sell, he sell out, People said that he tried to do this or do that for the fame. Shit, you probably would have did more if you was in that man's shoes. You probably did way worse shit if you was in that man's shoes. And, and we got to understand, we got to stop comparing ourselves to people just because they're in a better position than we wish they were. Just because that man making millions don't mean he don't deserve every single cent of that. And we got to stop honoring these people regardless of how we feel about how they got there or critiquing them on how much they've done just give them that honor. Because we look at presidents, we look at politicians over hundreds, two hundreds, thousands of years. And these motherfuckers really ain't do shit. We we honor them in the sense of, oh wow, they were the first, they were the second, they got this and that. But they really ain't do shit. If you really want to break it down to that. But we look at people in the present as, oh, they need to do more, they need to be like this, they need to be like that. But you're just missing the whole point. Because if we only honor in the past, how can we ever get to the future? But see, I'm not going to get into it. We don't talk about the past. But I will tell you guys this. When it comes to the back to Kwame Brown, he's throwing a lot of gems out there and exposing with a firsthand account of how the industry goes. See, the reason why I love the Kwame Brown segment so much is because he has now, he was in it. He was in the, the organization. He was in the fraternity. But now, because he wasn't deemed successful into the eyes or the gatekeepers, he was kicked out. So now that he's getting kicked out, he got a lot of talk. But more importantly, he's had time to think, time to sit back, time to process things, and he's had a good time at the moment. And, and I'll tell you guys this. Yeah, rants are one thing, but I just feel like this is much more than a rant. I feel like this is much more than just some crazy guy, just some crazy, crazy guy who passes prime and now he wants to you know, speak on all truth. Listen, I'll tell you guys about this. People that who are past their prime and now are deemed crazy and now we, damn, they just come out of nowhere to talk. I listen to them first. Because if that motherfucker been quiet a long time and now they crazy and want to talk, I guarantee you through all that, you might not hear. You're going to hear something. You're going to hear something. And what I've been hearing from Quan Mike Brown is a lot of secrets, a lot of issues as to why things are the way they are. So that's my take on What's happening with that? Um, also, okay, I don't, I'm not even into this type of thing, but we need to talk about gift giving because Charlemagne the God isn't the best gift giver. Um, so I'm just leaving it at that. But other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, put in the comments if you think what's happening in the NBA is racist, if you think what's happening with Kwame Brown is appropriate. Um, and just anything else you hear from this, you took from it. Just, just tell me what you think. Other than that, you guys have a blessed day, and I'll see you guys later.